Welcome to another episode of T. Farrell Presents, where we have candid conversations providing Christian-based inspiration. I'm your host, Terrence Farrell, a.k.a. T. Farrell. And have you ever, have you ever met someone, one of those musicians that seem like they could pick up anything if they hear it one, at least two times? One of those guys that it just seems like whatever it is, they got it. And if they ever get a chance to come out the box, you find yourself saying, man, how, why did God give that one person so much talent? Today, our special guest is Johnny Mercer. For me, he's been one of those people. And in case you say, I don't know who Johnny Mercer is, let me read a little bit of his bio. Johnny is a pianist, an organist, producer, arranger, and composer. Throughout his career, he has accompanied chart-topping soul, R&B, and gospel artists, including Anthony Hamilton, Kim Burrell, Vicky Winans, and Paula White. He has served as the musical director for several artists, including Sunshine Anderson, whose single Heard It All Before was it made it gold. As a composer, he's composed the music for Stones Cried Out in 2010 that was featured in the 2011 Tribeca Film Festival. Johnny has also toured with jazz saxophonist and Grammy Award winner, Kenny Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, help me welcome Johnny Mercer. Johnny, how you doing, man? Doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's good to connect with you again. It's been a crazy year, to say the least. To say the least. Yes, yes. Before we even get started, man, how, how, how have you been through this whole pandemic, this, this insane time? Well, I think you said it best. It has been an insane time. And uh, it's been a hard slash challenging period of adjusting. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, um, this pandemic is not friendly to the creatives. No, not at all. <laughs> so if you don't have your ducks lined up, you know, you got to find alternate means to, you know, make ends meet. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of guys, you know, are going through that. And we're just learning how to live with this new nasty thing they call COVID-19. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's like you've learned how to, you've done something a certain way for three, four, five decades, only for it to crash to rock bottom and having to relearn a thing in a different way. I mean, depending on how old you are, that could be taxing on the mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then the other piece is, um, you know, if you're not mentally strong or spiritually rooted, you know, in God and in the word of God, you know, you lose your mind and go into a deep depression. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I listen, some of the finest musicians in our city, mm -hmm. I've spoken to personally, and they've told me directly and indirectly that this pandemic has left them in a depressed state. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't hit and if they didn't tell me that directly, trust me, I heard it. I'm not crazy, Terrence. You know that why well, I am crazy. It tells <laughs> my demeanor, but 
in terms of my, you know, level of intelligence, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy, but I ain't the stupidest guy either. Right, so, right, right, you know, right. I, I, you know, I can tell, you know, by a person's tone, you know, how the person is feeling. I mean, anyone can tell. I mean, no one's going to, you can't sound like this and be sad. I mean, you can if God gives you strength, but, um, right, right, you know, right. there's this whole thing of, you know, having the ability to read between the lines. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of reading between the lines in this pandemic. Right. And it's just crazy to see that people are just going through it in every sense of the word. And, you know, they're really trying to figure it out. I mean, man, insane. And then I said insane, crazy time, you know, and, you know, I'll say it like this, and I'm sorry for going off, but you just asked no, me no, no. That's, that, that's so I gotta that's go fine, in and kind of answer this, all right? That's what this so, is all about, man. You help me. Right, cool, right. We got it. Let's go. Because you know I talk all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, as I said, this is an insane slash crazy time. Okay. When 2021 hit, mm-hmm. I there's one thing that I did not do that I would customarily do. And that is to go on my Facebook page, my Instagram page, and put a Happy New Year post. Mm. I didn't do it in 2021 mm-hmm. because my spirit told me, and you know, if you're the listener, it might have been blatantly obvious that 2020 literally spilled into 2021. Mm-hmm. So this is actually 2020 part two. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's actually de, but I'm trying to say French, speak French like an, an American, anyways. <laughs> so that being said, mm-hmm. um March 29th, my insane period came when my younger brother passed away. Oh. Suddenly and unexpectedly. I didn't know about that. My condolences, man. No, thank you, you know. Whoa. And that thing took me for a loop. Yeah, yeah. Now, thank God, I'm doing much better. Well, I mean, at the base, I'm doing better. Let me not say much better. I'm doing better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I'm going to lie to you and tell you I'm doing much better. And meanwhile, I'm killing myself behind closed doors. Mm-mm, that's not cool. Right. But I'm doing better than what I did before. Right. And of course, you know, and by the way, saw so my parents, in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because, of course, God is got his hand on me and got his hand on my parents. But for, at least for me, I had to make it a point to go to counseling. Yes. Because yeah. we're already dealing with the crazy thing called COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And not to deal with a season of bereavement on top of that. Man, listen. Yeah. These parameters are perfect for you to go into a deep alcoholic abyss. Mm-hmm. A deep drug abyss or any negative substance abyss that will ultimately take you out. And I'm just like, yo, I'm not going to go down that path. And being that I have a master's in guidance counseling, which I'm not even using, by the way. <laughs> but you, I, are, you are using it every day with the people you deal with. Perhaps. You, you know what? You are right. And I don't even realize what the heck I'm doing. But anyways, um, <laughs> um but because of my background in counseling, I knew better to um, um, seek mental help, seek counseling to address your mental help. I mean, you know, 
at Sunday Venice, we hear so much about the health message and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. And Ellen White goes into great details of what to do and what to eat and what not to eat, and the scriptures going to all that as well. But nothing is addressed in the church mm-hmm. in terms of health. It's addressed in scripture. Oh, heck yeah. God ain't crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's addressed in scripture, mm-hmm. but there's little talk in the sanctuaries about the mental health. And to me, that's just backwards because if your mind ain't right, mm-hmm. ain't nothing else gonna be right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm-hmm. That's scripture. So, you know, that's all connected together. So if your heart ain't right, then everything else mentally ain't gonna be right either. And then if your heart is full of sorrow, your heart is full of hate, your heart is full of whatever, then that stuff comes out of you. So I had to make sure that I address my mental health so that those negative emotions, those negative things don't come out of me. And you know, and, and, and I thank the Lord because you know the, these counseling sessions gave me a frame for which how I grieve. Mm. A frame as to how I process my brother's death. Mm-hmm. A frame as to, you know, how to move forward. Right. Now that he's gone. Mm-hmm. 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 You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Matter of fact, they just had a service at a Pentecostal church in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Where the bishop passed away, right? Mm. And the bishop's sons are all involved in ministry. You know, one of them is a minister of music. Another one succeeded the father of the past, et cetera. So now the son that plays the organ got up and said something very interesting. He said, and and I'm not quoting, I'm paraphrasing based Mm -hmm. on how I remember it. You know, he says, you can't memorialize anybody when they're dead. If you call, or or, or better better yet, you, you can't honor someone's life when they're dead. I mean, that's 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 a tough pill to swallow, but let's think about it for a second. They tell you to give people their flowers while they're alive. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to honor them, mm-hmm. honor them while they're alive, because when they're dead, they're not going to remember what you're doing when you're dead. <laughs> right, right. The mm-hmm. memory they're going to have is what you did when you was here. Right. It's kind of backwards to say, oh, I'm going to honor this person's life, you know, by doing X, Y, Z, and, and ABC ain't even here to see it. Right. Right. What? Right. You really think the person's looking down on you saying, oh, my gosh, look at him? No. He's with Jesus having a good time. <laughs> There's nothing greater than that in this life mm-hmm. than to actually be in the presence of God the Father, the Creator. You think these people going to come down and take five minutes and really look down on you and watch you sad. I mean, you don't think they will look at you being sad and they might be sad in the process. I mean, I mean, to, to really go into it. I mean, and this is, this is, if you dig into the Bible, they're not even with Jesus yet because when Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ will rise first. So they haven't, they're not even there. They're asleep in Christ. Their their thoughts they don't they don't have any more thoughts. So there's nothing happening. It it can't even happen because they're dead. And when Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ rise first, and then those that remain will be changed and caught up with him. So you're right. We're doing this, and 
Ain't nobody seeing nothing except the people that are living. Brother Farrell, I'm going to build you a pulpit one day. <laughs> I'm going to build you a pulpit. And, 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 and I'm going to give you a Bible. You going to get up there? No, sir. You got to say. I'm, and, and I'm going to be in the front row listed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it from the podcast, man. That's 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 going to be my pulpit right here. Okay, that works. <laughs> that works. But it's interesting that you went straight into mental health because last week I had on a mental health counselor because this thing is real, man. I, I got counseling myself. This thing is real. And a lot of people, um, I, I know for me, I looked at counseling like, yeah, I don't need no counseling. You know, I got God. You know, I'm Maria. I do a little, little workout. I beat it out on the drum. You know, it's just but and and for those that are listening, I didn't even this is not even where it was going. This to this is God leading and and reminding everyone, myself included, how important mental health is. It just is. Here's some Bible for you. Confess your faults one to another. Hold up, that you may be healed. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Notice it did not say confess your faults to your brother. It didn't say confess your faults to your sister. Mm-hmm. It just said confess your faults one to another that right. you may be healed. But now the flip side becomes watch out who that other is. Right. Yes. Like yes. You're just some crazy buzzard. Right. You got the yak yak and just whoop, whoop, whoop and start talking all day. Mm-hmm. And you get through talking to him or her. And she, you know, if it's her, she gets her, oh, child, look what I just heard from X, Y, and Z. And boom, 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 boom. And right. Before you know it, pow. You it's got the front page of the news. It's true. It's got to be Christ-led. God's got to yeah. lead you on who to talk to. Yeah. You got to use some discernment is what they call it. Discernment. Yes, yes, yes. Intuition. <laughs> Follow your gut. Yes, yes, yes. Follow your heart, as my friend Eli would say. Wonderful guitar player. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you about that. So, I, you know what? I don't even know. How did you start out with your whole music career? I mean, was it like two years old and you was just on keys? Nah, <laughs> let, okay. Here it is, right? So when I was six, mm-hmm. better yet, more like seven. Okay. A Jewish couple in the building that I was living at at the time in Flatbush was leaving. And they asked my parents, if you know, I wanted they wanted the piano because my mom or my mom and my godmother at the age of four months knew that I was gonna be a musician. Okay. And there's a crazy story behind that, which I'll get into. Put a pen right there, get ask get me asking about that later. All right. That's a crazy story in itself. <laughs> so they asked, you know, the Jewish couple asked if they wanted the piano. Mm-hmm. And you're like, sure, it's an old winter piano, it's not a popular brand. Piano's probably worth $15. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Went to the house. And um, you know, you would think, you know, a musical kid sees a piano and you'd be like, whoa, yippee, whoa, 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 and be excited jumping up and asking it like this. Okay. <laughs> it's a piano. Okay, cool. And I plucked it, pluck, 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 and that was it. But then here was the interesting thing. At age eight or nine, 
hold on a second. Let me see if I can turn this. Let me see if I can turn this keyboard on. Oh, I can't put it. Anybody here? Forget it. But I'll explain it. Right. So at about age eight or nine, I go to church with my parents, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a good memory, thank God. So I went to church, and when church was done, we'd walk home because church at the time we were living in Flatbush. Mm-hmm. The church at the time was no more than a five-minute walk. Nice. So I walked back home from church. And as soon as I got back home, I replayed all the hymns that were sung in church that day. No. Watch this. (laughs) Watch this. Uh Here's what the freakiest part of the whole thing is, which I, and this lets me know that God is real beyond human comprehension. Mm -hmm. Terrence Farrell? Yeah. As God is my witness. Mm -hmm. When I played the song, I had the melody in my right hand, single notes, no chords. Right. I had the melody in my right hand. Mm-hmm. And in my left hand was my alternate, here's what I said, alternate bass line. Man. Alternate bass notes. Because at eight, something in me said, the hymn written in the book sounds boring. Let's flip it and make it fun. What? So I flipped the bass notes for the harmony. Matter of fact, any bass note that I play today, I promise you, not just out of 10, I played at least 60% of that when I was eight. That's crazy. So I had to take lessons to learn how to fill in the middle ground. Wow. Of what I was playing. Mm-hmm. I already had the background bass. Right. I already had the foreground melody. Right. Classical theory. Background, high ground, foreground. They teach, they teach that in Shankarian analysis, if you take music theory. Anyways, so <laughs> I had the background and the foreground already in place. Wow. But I never had the middle ground. Mm-hmm. The fact that you had the, the melody and the bass at, at eight or nine, dude, that's, that's just... Well, that's God. So watch this. Watch this. So now I'm taking my first lesson, right? Mm-hmm. With Amos John, Haitian um piano teacher. You know, he wasn't the greatest piano player, but I heard about him after, you know, what, hearing a commercial on, on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard his often lesson. I said, you know what? Went to my mom. I said, Mom, you've been fighting with me for seven years to take piano lessons. And I finally, you know, said, I finally, I finally confess and submit, I will take piano lessons and I'd like to take some lessons. Would you give me some money and take some piano lessons? And my mom said, you sure you're going to be serious this time? I'm like, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> so when, so now I'm taking my lessons and I'm going through the John Thompson books, the John W. Sean books, and just, you know, learning how to read, learning how to position my fingers, learning the technique and blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. now eventually... He got me playing hymns. So the first hymn I learned was What a Friend We Have in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But hit back to what I was saying earlier. So when I learned how to play it, I said to myself, man, this thing sounds boring. <laughs> I want to get back to what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. And somehow God 
set it up in two ways. I was experimenting and I did what I could. And then I got with this guy named Ronald Pierre. All right. Um, in those days in 95, he was playing at Gethsemane SDA on Empire, you know, French speaking mm -hmm. Adventist church, right? He was playing at the church where I grew up, which was a Sunday Pentecostal church, a Haitian Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. So he was there. I mean, and, it, and, and, and matter of fact, I can go to the whole thing about him, but that's for later. Put yeah. a pin right there. And if you decide to ask that question, I can tell you about that. Right. But, um, man, okay, I, I got get, get, get to get back to it. But anyways, uh, 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 so he heard what I was doing and gave me a sheet of paper with a formula called 251, mm -hmm. which is a paramount tool slash life hack for any musician. Because any, most songs you do have some facet of a two, five, one in there. Your song ends as two, five, one, by next song, okay? So he gave me a sheet that showed me how to position my fingers a certain way to do that. And of course, I had a great piano teacher, a piano teacher named Richard Lavoie who reinforced that, and another guy named Joe Ferdinand, who mm. further, yes, Joe Ferdinand from Haitian Mass. Yep, 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 that's the man, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the man. So when I was going around Kingsborough, when I was 14 years old, you was playing them SPD pads. Uh, yeah. At, at yeah. Yeah. And they came. Yeah. I came to watch Joe primarily. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that another day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kingsborough. Yeah. Another story. Another day. Another good story. But um, anyhow. Uh, uh, so after he gave me 251 sheet or whatever, I went home and I incorporated those voices into the hymn. And that's when the light bulb said, poof. Hmm. Wow. And everything that I do today mm -hmm. came back from that sheet. And Terrence, you can attest to this. Some of the stuff I played now, I was doing back when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Dude, you you incredible. It it was it was incredible. And I was just like, this young dude is just like it's incredible. I thought you just well. You know, you did wake up one day and God was like, oh, and then, you know, you just built on that. So my question now is because a lot of musicians get to this stage, they 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 get the gift from God. They are leaps and bounds ahead on some area, be it rhythm, be it cording, be it finger movement or whatever. But they never go the next step and get their degree. How has your degrees change your perspective on music? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Let's see if I can answer it today. Because <laughs> you got that last one went. I know went down a whole of this trying to answer that question. And hopefully you guys, you listening, got the answer. So that's kind of how I started. But now to answer this question, well, here's what it is, right? Like, um, I love music. And I wanted to study it at a level beyond what church could offer, you know? Mm -hmm. And I figured, you know what? Let me tell you how it really happened. <laughs> here okay. it is. Okay. All right, here it is, because it just hit me, right? So um, 
at the time I was playing the Christ Fellowship Baptist Church under the leadership of Pastor David Lawrence Kelly II, right? 7-9 Sumter Street. And I think that address changed now that it's no longer white. It's now a blue church. Praise uh -huh. the Lord. From a white church to a blue church. Praise the Lord. So I was over there. At the time, Charles Minor was mm -hmm. a minister of music. Okay. So I came in there with the intent to play under him so I could glean whatever I wanted to glean because from the time I started playing the fish when I was 14, all I wanted to do was get around the cats that were doing it and glean as much as I can so I could further develop into whatever God would have me to be. So mm -hmm. Charles resigned, right? Eventually they got Greg Mitchell, you know, individual play for Timothy, right? Mm -hmm. keyboards, et cetera to be minister of music. He was the organist, all right? So in between that time, told my mom what was going down. And my mom says the craziest thing. She goes, go to the pastor and ask him if you could be the minister of music. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I'm gonna go. So I went to him. That's boldness, man. Yes, I went to him, I asked him. They kind of looked at me like I done lost my mind. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, 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 no. You ain't ready for that yet, young buck. And then goes into the example of a Baptist church, in particular, Emmanuel Baptist Church, where I would later serve. Mm -hmm. And how their minister of music was an individual named Eli Wilson. I believe he had a degree in music. Mm -hmm. And he was making, I believe, $54,000 a year. This is 19... 96, 1997, no, 96, definitely 96, all right? Mm. So when I heard $54,000, he has a degree, I say to myself, hmm. I need to get a degree. <laughs> I may need to get a degree if I want to quote unquote, increasing the financial, uh, the financial ladder in church, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which by the way, should not be a life ending goal. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't, we should strive to be doing things beyond that or other things to complement that. But nevertheless, at 15, mm -hmm. what I was doing, yeah, no, I'm not 15, I'm 16, 17, no, no, 16. I'm 16, I don't know nothing. So that's what I see in my little brain. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I graduate from Newwood High School and I get accepted to Long Island University, Brooklyn campus. Mm -hmm. And watch this. I was supposed to be, I, I went in as a dual major, biology and music. I didn't major in music because I loved it so much. But now. Wait, you said you didn't major in music? I don't know. I measured in music and biology. Right. But I was more focused on biology because I went into college thinking that I was going to be a dentist doing music on the side. Mm. But Terrence, when you get D's in anatomy <laughs> and you get D's in chemistry. Right. You know, you kind of want to, 
you, you kind of have a talk with stuff I'm like mm, do we need to go a different route right right so now watch this so i'm walking in liu one day well outside of liu one day on my way to lunch whatever and i see these two doctors with their lab coats they're walking this way i'm walking that way mm -hmm. so i look at them and i ask myself johnny could you see yourself in good conscience and you see yourself doing dentistry from nine to five and not having any time for music mm. i said no i gotta do this music and of course it can be done if you have the discipline and the fortitude to do it but i didn't so as a result i'm like you know what nah bump this biology thing i'm gonna stick to music mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I went down that path and got my bachelor's degree in jazz performance in 2005, mm. uh, 2020, getting my uh, master's of music education from Hunter College. Mm -hmm. In between that, of course, the guidance counseling degree in 20, what, 15? But that's kind of how that happened. So now the question, what, the, the original question is now what again? <laughs> The the original question was I I got I gotta read it. Read it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, read it. Read. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how has your degrees in music changed your perspective? Okay, so watch this. So now by me having this degree, mm -hmm. I now know that I am better equipped to serve the local church. You know, and now I now I can really incorporate whatever I've learned mm -hmm. to teach the voices, to teach the musicians. You know, I'll give an example. So, like, depending on the song, because of my background, mm -hmm. I chart out the song for my guitar player mm. and chart out the song for the bass player. Like, Yo. This is the song we're going to do. We're going to go that route, and that's it. So now I'm able to, I guess, bring about a better presentation mm. of, you know, what does that do? The question again, please. I don't want to go off on an abyss again. No, no, no. I, and, and, and no, no, no. Read the question, please. How has it changed your perspective on music? Okay. So, 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 so now with the degree, mm -hmm. now. I am headstrong about the musical presentation being accurate, being precise, mm -hmm. being polished, and being something that the average stranger will want to come and hear. Okay, so perspective. So now that I've studied jazz, I've gained a different palette of chord choices. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can play the song in its basic state mm -hmm. and well and do phenomenal. But because of my newly acquired chord vocabulary, mm -hmm. now I'm able to implement certain elements in my presentation so much to the point where the average listener who understands music is like, hmm. 
something tells me you play more than church music. It's like, <laughs> right. do you play jazz by any chance? I go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand? And now I'm interested in just finding many ways to fuse multiple genres into what I do at church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if there's one thing that I don't want anyone doing, I don't want anyone putting me in a box saying, I just do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. Right, right. You may not see all of it yet. Right. You'll see it at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's not true. So now, what do you say to musicians that feel like if I start doing some jazz or if I start... And and when I say jazz or if I infuse some some hip hop elements, I'm not talking about, you know, doing a tour with people shaking booties in your face and all of that. But I'm talking about learning the genre, bringing elements in. They have a problem mentally with that because it's like, no, I don't want to bring that stuff, that that worldly stuff into, you know, the church or maybe I should just do this and God can just bless that. What do you say to musicians? Because I felt that way at a certain point in time where it was just like, nah, we just go, we just going to do this. And, you know, we're going to figure out, you know, uh, uh, God's going to just pour it on me a new way to do this without nah. putting other things in. No, bring it all in. Okay. Yes. All music comes from God. Amen. Okay. <laughs> The issue now is man, saved and or not, perverted it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have hip-hop, rock, blah, 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 blah. It's genres in a perverted state. And, mm-hmm. and, and when I say perverted state, you know, in other words, it's not necessarily glorifying God in terms of what is being said lyrically. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? Right. So for all I care, bring all that. Does not Richard Smallwood bring classical to the gospel music? Sure enough, does. Okay. Does not Ralph Carmichael bring all that jazz into all his orchestrations where he, where he, does, where he does with his presentations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he just passed away. God rest his soul. I mean, Ralph Carmichael wrote The Savior is Waiting, one of Adventist's most popular altar hymns. And if you look at what's written in the four-part harmony, there are some jazz elements in there already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Did not Mervyn Warren do the same thing when he took what he did from a special blend and take six from all that vocal music? Did he not do that? It's true. It's true. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. In fact, how about this? How about we got jazz piano players who did the opposite? They went, they left the church world, played in the jazz world, and brought the church with them. Yeah. El Father Hines, Mogu Miller. James Williams, Eric Reed, uh, uh, Alan Johnson, Christian Sands, Sullivan Faulkner, and the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's like, no, don't be a daggone box. Like, no, bring all of that in because ultimately when you play, we don't want necessarily want to hear the music. We want to hear your soul in light of the music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And your soul is not one dimensional. Your soul is multi dimensional. Yes. So let's bring all those elements into our presentation. In fact, 
I say all the time that um, I can listen to somebody and tell how clean of a person or how messy of a person they are. Dangerous ground for me, man. That, that's love. I, I can listen to a person and I can tell mm-hmm. whether that room is clean or whether that room is a mess. Mm. I can listen to that individual and I can tell whether he's tensed at peace or at war with himself, you know. Okay, okay. I hear what you're saying. You understand? So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. bring all of that in your music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to. Yeah. And, and, and to those who say, oh, well, you can't go in the world and do blah, 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 blah. I'll ask you this. Do you not go to the world? <clears throat> do you not go into the world and get a nine to five check? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not getting your money from some sanctuary. Yeah. You're going in the world mm-hmm. to grab what you got to grab and be about your business. Mm-hmm. But now the flip side is in your fusing and all that. Mm-hmm. You have to do it in a certain way where people can still A, recognize the tune, B, that whatever you do is in line with the standard of the local house, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna play what I play at Kingsborough, what I will play a handsome place. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. Handsome place is a conservative house. Right. They're more rooted in anthems and spirituals. Well, most of anthems, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to bug out un- unless they say, and now we will have a musical selection from Johnny Mercier. And then, hey, all bets are off, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy, all bets are off. <laughs> yes, hey, sir. Buddy, all bets are off. <laughs> Yeah, but and and that that's yeah, go 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 go. You this is after Adam played in line of the standard of that particular house. You gonna say something? Yeah, and it's so key. I remember when when at the height of me playing, people's like, "Well, you playing here? You you yo, you ain't do no roles or nothing like." It's like, no, that's not what this denomination or that's not what this house needs to move forward and. And that's the thing. When you play in line with what God wants you to do, you and, and it's not dampening your gift. It's playing in line with how the spirit is moving. If the spirit is 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 slowly moving around the whole church and slowly picking up speed, you need to be in line with that. If if the spirit is flying through with fire and 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 all of this pit and it's is you need to play in line with that. You. You need to get in line with the spirit. It's not dumbing down your gift. It's not, well, this is the way I play. And if they ask me, then I'm a, that, that's not, it's playing in line with the spirit. So it's so key what you said, man. And then you just said something. I want to say this too. And I guess the even more important thing is that you get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, if you are serving God's house and his service, then he should be the one playing through you, not you. Pretty much. Pretty much. Right? What the people need to hear is God in you. Mm-hmm. Not you necessarily, but the God in you. Now, maybe after business hours, quote unquote, after, you know, Sabbath hours, you can play you. Like, <laughs> I can't play my, material, my my original material. You understand what I'm saying? They ain't come to hear all that. Right, 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 they right. right, right. My jazz material, they ain't come to hear, you know, my orchestration. They ain't come to hear, you know, my original compositions. 
Mm-hmm. Now, they come to hear the God in you because ultimately music is communication and God wants to communicate to those in attendance so that the individual can get what they need to move forward to whatever they have to move forward to in the next phase of life. Amen. Amen. Oh, so, so, so even when I play, mm-hmm. um, especially at Bethel Baptist Church where, where I've been the minister of music for the past six years, mm-hmm. um, and this is especially true there, uh, when I play my chordal movements, essentially is my conversation with my savior. Mm-hmm. So every crazy chord that I quote unquote wanted that I end up doing is essentially me praising and worshiping my Lord mm-hmm. through the language called music, not English, music. Right, 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 right. So, you know, yes. And, and, when, and, when, and when I get out of the way and God affirms, you know, your presentation, Mm-hmm. Then he steps in and give you these chords <laughs> that you ain't never practiced. Mm-hmm. You probably heard five weeks ago and it just came back to you out the blue. And you're going to be like, wait, how in the world did I just hit that? I didn't practice that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I heard it, but I didn't sit down to examine what I heard. Right. Right. Well, see, when you get out of the way, then we can get away from my chord harmony book and we can get his chord harmony book. Yes. Which, in essence, is limitless. Yes. <laughs> God is music. Yes. He created music. Mm-hmm. So every chord, melody, whatever, that's all in him. So if you're getting something from his book, man, that beats any degree you could ever attain. And I guess... To ask that previous question or to highlight some of the previous <laughs> question, you know, look, I just want to give myself a better footing. Mm-hmm. So that when I step in the room, it's like, well, tell me about yourself. One, degree one, two, degree two, three, degree three, three, four, degree four. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Any questions? Mm-hmm. I'm not talk. The fourth right. thing is I just laid out for you. Talk for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if 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 the preacher is, you know. Got good sense. He's like, you got a bachelor's and a master's in music and a degree in guidance counseling. Yeah, how do I pay you? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and to that, I say, talk to Jesus and tell and, and do what he tell you to do. <laughs> and if what you're saying is right, it'll agree with me. But anyways, so back to the you know degree and the perspective of music so yeah so you know, I'm, I'm you know we're talking about <laughs> infusing the music from other places into what we do so here it is so this is bring it home man uh-huh. if all we do is stay in the box and not fuse our experiences into what we do we gonna have some boring church services mm-hmm. and that ain't what god wants right right God wants to hear what comes from your spirit. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, it, it doesn't take much to beat the four-part harmony in the hymnal. Right, right. You know, you, you can get the greatest classical piano player or 
the the the, the, the greatest classical students, and he actually come in there and pluck those out. Mm-hmm. But you have to infuse or fuse your experiences and your you know your likes into what you do, so that you know you can deepen the potency of the experience you offer unto God. Mm-hmm. Again, I go back to Richard Smallwood. He fused classical into what he's doing. Do you think all them tunes will be what it is if he ain't do that? Right. So watch this. So imagine now, because I had parents like that, right? Mm-hmm. My parents were the type they said, no, you're not listening to hip hop. No, you're not listening to R&B. No, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. How else would I learn about the other genres if other people didn't fuse it into what they're doing? So if I could only listen to gospel music and I want to learn music, I'll listen to Richard Smallwood to get a sense of classical music, mm-hmm. especially when he does his um, piano solos, which are outrageously out of this world. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to take six slash a special blend to understand great vocal harmony, music, whatever, right? I'll listen to Doobie Powell or Tony, who is now what? what what's his name again now? I don't know. He slayed <laughs> get the sense of the R&B slash soulful thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'll listen to Tommy Whitfield, mm-hmm. who infused Donny Hathaway's music, because that was his biggest guy, and R&B into what he does, right? I'll listen to Andre Crouch, who fused all that stuff into his music. Yeah. I mean, look, Andre Crouch is probably one of the most important figures in gospel music. You think he'd be who he is? If he didn't choose what he did, I mean, from, I mean, crying out loud, Joe Sample and Billy Preston were musicians on those dog on the records. Mm. Joe Sample, mm. leading jazz, cool yeah. jazz, jazz piano player from church. Billy Preston, one of the biggest, biggest rock organ players on planet Earth from church. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, Billy, in fact, is one of the most important gospel organists on planet Earth, truth be told. But that's <laughs> a conversation. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is this. No, you, yes, you have to fuse other genres in what you do. Or you going to be like this little envelope right here. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> One of the things you said, and I want to key in on it and, and just and, and look at it from, from this other side that a lot of people get trapped in also. You got to bring your relationship with God in, which is unique. It's so unique. You get all of this information. You get all of these presentations, the classical, the R&B, the hip hop. And then it allows you to communicate your relationship with God, which now lets me know that I'm not trying to be another Johnny Mercer. I'm not trying to be a Richard Smallwood. Oh, I got I got to do this. No, that was his. That's his relationship with God. That's how he um that's how let's say it this way that's how his relationship with god sounds on a keyboard this is how this is how johnny's relationship with god sounds on an organ or on a on a piano that's not how my relationship sounds it you can learn you can learn oh oh that's how he did that okay now here's what my relationship sounds like 
whether you're singing, whether you're playing. So now it gets us out of trying to be like the next person or, oh man, well, that person, he does this so much, so much better than me. It's not, it's about your unique relationship with God. Terrence. Yes, sir. Do you know what makes a musician great? Tell me. Tell me your perspective on that. It's not the fact that he has chops. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that he or she understands all the theoretical functions there are in music. It's not the fact that he or she is good with Shakira analysis and give you a wonderful synopsis on Chopin's second nocturne. <laughs> it's not the fact that you understand the cycle of force and or fits and you can relate it to John Coltrane. Mm -hmm. It's not the fact that you can play all of, you know, Andre's music. What makes you great, Richard Smallwood, Tommy Whitfield, Andre Crouch, Joe Sample, Milton Brunson, Walter Hawkins, Edward Hawkins. <laughs> and the list goes on. <laughs> okay, I just named you like six out of seven, six out of, six out of people I named were keyboard players. Mm -hmm. They all had their unique sound. Yeah. Your sound is what's going to make you great. Period. Mm -hmm. And the thing is this. I don't need chops to have a great sound. Right. Billy didn't play no jazz chops. That wasn't in him. Mm -hmm. But he had the bluesiest chops. He had the most insane church chops. To the point now, he's revered today as one of the greatest hand-open players that ever lived. And rightfully so. Right? Mm -hmm. D'Angelo is one of the greatest keyboard players, in my opinion. Okay. He doesn't play like Austin Peterson. No. But D'Angelo has a certain way that he feels his music. Oh my gosh. When it's playing, you're like, oh my gosh. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And wow. <laughs> you know, Billy yeah. Joel, same thing. Mm -hmm. He has zero chops. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But gotta sound like none other. Mm hmm. John Mayer, same thing with the guitar. Mm hmm. Understand? So, Whitney Houston, there's a distinct sound that she presents. Right. right. Mariah Carey, same thing. I mean, why you think Kim Morrell, you know, when she came out, everyone was like, oh my God, because ah! it was never a thing where there was a super raspy voice with all those riffs coming out on the scene. And she came in and ate everyone to pieces. Yeah. So it's your sound, man. It's yeah. not your chops. It's not your sense of harmony. It's not your theoretical, you know, knowledge. It's your sound. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can work on theoretical harmony. You can work on, you know, Jazz harmony. You can work on the classical repertoire. You can work on the rock repertoire, whatever. Right. But at the end, all that, you have to work on your sound. 
And I hate to say this, but I'm going to say this because I can't because you're talking to me. But that is, in my humble opinion, one of the biggest curses that came about with YouTube. Because the young kids now Mm -hmm. are listening to YouTube and getting their sound sources from them. And as a result, they lose the opportunity of developing their own unique sound. Mm, mm. The older generation, every keyboard player is distinct in their sound. Mm-hmm. Like you can sit in the room. Yep. Yeah. That's Roger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Stanley. Yeah. Yep. That's Jerome. Yep. That's Darnell. Yep, that's Vic. Yep, that's John Stoddard. Yep, that's uh, Jonathan Sales. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. that's Travis Sales. Yep, that's Corey Henry, Cornell Gaskin, Garnett Walters, Joe Harley. And the list goes on because there's a gazillion great keyboard John Peters. There's a gazillion great keyboard players. Right, 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 right. In Brooklyn and New York City at mm-hmm. large. So, in addition to all the things that you accumulate, you have to work on your own sound. But these young guys, from what I'm seeing, they've went into an abyss and they get stuff from other states, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But if you got 10 guys eating the same meal from the same plate, like, how are we going to have diversity in what we do? Right. Well, I mean, like, like you said earlier, it's not the fact that they're ca- grabbing it and putting it in. It's just what's coming out. And when what comes out is I'm doing a cover of this. I'm doing a cover of that. I'm doing a cover of that. And there's, there's some guys don't give don't, There's some guys that are coming up. That's got their own sound. Um, Glenn Gibson. Um, there, there's, there's, there's some guys coming through there. It's just like, um, Yo, I would debate that, but that's another conversation. Another that's day. a whole other conversation. I, I but, he is an, but, but let's be clear. He is definitely an incredible gift to the body of Christ. And we thank God for his existence. <laughs> and we thank God for his skill set. Long live Glenn Gibson. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, man. I might, I don't know. I might have to edit that one out. No, we, ain't, we don't have to edit. We're good. We're good. No, I love him. He's my, <laughs> that's my man. We, I love him. Yeah, I love everybody. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, dude, the... Great points, all of that. Let let me let me let me let me shift this thing real quick. Go ahead. What's going on now with you? What's next for you? Or what do you got on the plate? What's on the horizon for Johnny Mercier? That that's it. Because that was always. Thanks. I I, I was about to get at you about that. Thank (laughs) you. Say that again. That's very good. Johnny Mercier. Yes. That's my name. People have been saying your name wrong for so long. That's listen, 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 man. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. As long as you ain't call me a female dog, I'm okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. So what, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? What's happening now? Well, Terrence, as I said earlier, my younger brother passed away back in March. Mm. So I literally shut everything down. Got you. To address me. Because, yeah. you know, if you don't heal yourself, in a healthy way, what you what you don't address will eventually address you. Yes. And yeah. when it does address you, nothing out of ten, it will not be pretty. Yeah. So yeah. Here to answer your question. So I'm 
picking back up the pieces, mm-hmm. right? So now I have to get back to what I'm focusing on. So um, I finished my contemporary jazz record two years ago. Okay. It's recorded, mixed, and mastered. Mm-hmm. I just have to put it out. Okay. And my issue in putting it out is finding the right way, quote unquote, to put it out yeah. in light of these putrid numbers yes. you're showing. Yes. And, that's a whole nother conversation. And, 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 another right. Uh, that, that's 15 other conversations. And <laughs> to you, that says, oh, put it out because you love it. I say to you, please talk about something else. Yeah. It's my livelihood. <laughs> uh huh. Mm hmm. And the last thing I need you to do is to tell me how to make my money. Mm-hmm. You worry about you, how you make your money. Mm-hmm. You worry about me, how to make my money. Until then, I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. As David Frazier said in his wonderful song, I Need You to Survive. <laughs> I got you. Okay, I got you. so I think yeah. I can talk about a jazz record. Mm-hmm. So I just got to find a way to put that out. And my last name is Mercier, that which means um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. But my parents are from Haiti mm-hmm. and I grew up in the Haitian Pentecostal church. So mm-hmm. I did a series of records that is a tribute to the songs I've heard when I was that eight year old kid playing the single note and yeah, yeah, crazy yeah, bass yeah. note. <laughs> I have a whole catalog of stuff that I recorded from my studio. Nice. That I want to put out as well. Again, I got to find the right way to do it and like this putrid industry putting out half a penny yeah yeah okay uh i'm currently working on two film scores one of them is complete i have another one that i'm still working on i'm thank god i'm getting back in the mix of things so mm-hmm. i'm finishing up another independent film project where i'm writing another score uh for nice. that movie uh and then I'm doing more writing. So I'm going to get back in the studio again and record some more. I wrote like six songs two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I'm ready to um, you know, get guys together and go back in and record because, you know, the studio is my sanctuary. And I quite frankly need a time to quote unquote release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a, jazz, there's a jazz record that I need to put out. Uh, Afro-Haitian church record I need to put out. Uh, there are a few other jazz records I need to put out as well. You know, I've written so many tunes through the years, mm-hmm. so I'll be working on that. And um, I should also say this: um, you can follow me on a few of these um social media idioms. I I, I don't want to miss one of them. So <laughs> of course, there's Instagram. Yes. There's uh Twitter. Oh, you do Instagram. It's okay. my name with one underscore. Mm-hmm. Twitter, it's my name with two underscores between both names. Okay. I have a YouTube channel. I mean, you know, Terrence, I, I, I think this, this is my Achilles heels. I don't talk about what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't. Right. I need to, I guess, but I don't because it's like, yo. Or you need to get somebody that's going to talk about what you do. And That's I gotta give him some money. You gotta get, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, if you get the right person, it'll it'll pay off. From your lips to God's ears, Lord, you heard him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, cause you know, cause I mean, 
I'm not going to toot my own horn, man, because at the end of the day, man, all the good that I express comes from him, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, the last thing I want to do is to, you know, point any kind of glory to myself. I ain't that good. Anyone could have had my gift, but he gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So how can I give it back to him? Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. I wish he gave me the gift the way he gave it to some of my friends and colleagues. But you know what? I love the gift he gave me. I do. Mm-hmm. And, it's something I, and this is something I tell people all the time. You know, be secure in the gift he gave you. Yeah. Or I say more like this. Be confident and secure in the gift he gave you. Mm-hmm. And if by chance you, you know, looking, you looking at, you know, over your shoulders of your neighbor in envy, well, cat, ma'am, sir, you're doing it because you ain't doing the work. Sit your tail down, do the work so that you can only look over your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be at peace because you're operating at a level, quote unquote, similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it ain't even got to be similar. Let it be the way he would have it to be. Yeah. But anywho, we're talking about what I'm doing. So there's the contemporary I know, that, that was about to, I was about to roll out a pulpit for you, Doc. And get, no, don't do it. I don't know, B flat? What was it? I want it. I'll find a key. No, 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 no. I want it. Thank you. No, no. I don't want it. No, 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 no. Yes, sir. No, no, I don't want it. Because because the problem with the same states, they don't listen. But that's another conversation for another day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But anyways, uh uh, so Instagram. Johnny, you see my name right there? Boom, boom. Just put an underscore between that. That's mm-hmm. my Instagram. Twitter, see my name right there? Put two underscores in between that. Two underscores in between that. You'll get my Twitter account. Mm-hmm. If you type my name on YouTube, you'll see my YouTube account. Uh, I also have a, I also have a fan page. Mm-hmm. You know, you could click on that too. And I guess, you know, I'll do better in, you know, you know posting updates on my progress and development. So, and I'm sorry that I don't, I, I'm sorry that I, I, I can't say that. Um, well, I actually know what, you know, remember that Haitian church record I was talking about? Mm-hmm. There is a single from there that I did put on, I, that I did put on, you know, the streaming sites, you know. Okay. So if you put my name in, you'll see that. Um, if you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see, you know, me just running playing stuff at home. I believe some clips from one of my performances at the Shapeshifter Lab is there. If not, then I'll definitely put it up soon. And I have a SoundCloud channel, but I forgot the name of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I guess at some point, if you follow me on whatever, yeah, 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 whatever social media outlet, I'll put the announcement up and, you know, I guess you can follow it there. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'll, I'll put the I'll put the links, all the links for everything you said in mm-hmm. the description, wherever you're watching this or listening. I'll send it to you. I'll send yeah. it to you when we're done. Yeah, send it to me, and then I'll put all those links up right. there so people could just scroll up or scroll down, scroll to the side, and click on it, and then boom, it'll take you there. You know. And, oh yeah, and can I go back to something we were talking about earlier? But the fusion thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that's just so important. Okay, yeah, so yeah, very true. I'm not a Sunday Adventist, okay? But I love 
what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I respect the Sabbath to where I don't do much on that sunset. <laughs> I, 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 I make a great attempt. Most times I am successful, but there are these small instances where I'm not successful. Don't judge me. Pray for me. Jesus loves you. I love you too. The love of the Lord. Amen. Okay. But, you know, there are things I learned from the Adventist church that I incorporate in my Baptist setting. Mm-hmm. Or in my Pentecost. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What? You don't think I don't take some of that Mervyn Warren stuff and incorporate that in my music? You don't think so? All that about, you know, all, all that stuff I heard, from, I heard from John Stoddard and I incorporate that in my music? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't think I'm taking stuff from, you know, uh, 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 how change the Christian hope or lift them up and incorporating that in my play? Nah, man, I mean, yeah. Fuse everything, man. Yeah, yeah. Fuse everything. Leave nothing to chance. Fuse everything. I'm sorry, man. I've just been going all around the world answering these questions. I've been hitting them. Thank you, Jesus. at 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 least I think I am. If I'm not, let me know in the comments and I'll do better. No, no, no. I, I think you hit. And even if you don't hit the question, I think you're going where God wants us to go. Amen. But I also say this. Uh-huh. A pet peeve of mine is when a question is asked and the answer is not given. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You've hit the answers. You've hit the answers. You have. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you know, so, um, yeah, man. Uh, uh, okay. So. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it because I can. Okay. You open the window and I'm going to talk. All right. All right. Go ahead. Brooklyn, New York has a sound. Okay. Yes. Yes. It sounds different from the five, from the other four boroughs. Yes. It's surrounding regions mm-hmm. and, and the other 49 states. Mm-hmm. What I said earlier in regards to all the forefathers mm-hmm. having their own sound, mm-hmm. that's what made Brooklyn what it was at the height of when Brooklyn is was what it was. Mm-hmm. And when I say height, I'm talking, you know, that 90s period with James Hall's God is in control. That's oh, high live in New York, yeah. and the Atlanta record, and then the Toronto record. You know, I'm not, I'm not naming them in order. Don't judge me. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know. So, so at the height of that, cats had their own thing. I mean, yeah, now Vince Bohannon is, you know, holding the torch down for the newer guys. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I kind of feel like Brooklyn has lost some of its ingredients, or at the very least, some of the ingredients that makes Brooklyn what it is is not expressed. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of feel like we've been going into other sources away from New York to kind of form our thing. But and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do, but you know, you should. Mm-hmm. But it's like, don't forget where you come from. Uh, and, and I I hear you, and I've heard this sentiment expressed by other musicians that I know that were born and raised in Brooklyn. Here's here's what I want to say to that. 
Uh-huh. There's an evolution that happens. Absolutely. And there's a certain amount of, yo, this is what it was in the 90s, in the height of everything that's there. And the height for, I'll say us, well, I wasn't, I'm not from Brooklyn, but I'm a musician. So the height of the 90s, I'm from Queens. In Queens, for me, with, with Dave West and and um, um, Bethel, Bethel Tab on Guy Brewer and mm-hmm. all of that, it's not the same anymore. And sometimes I'm looking for like, yo, where's that? What we had in the 90s? It's like, um, Terrence, somebody got to tap me on my, a dude is different now. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's Glenn Gibson now. Like you might yeah. think it's, it's this sound that you, you use. It's Glenn Gibson now. Like now it's Vincent Bohannon. It's, it's different now. And it ain't, it ain't Reggie Parker on the bass no more. Although that was the sound. But you see, but, but you see, but, but you see what you just said there? Yeah. It's Glenn Gibson in Queens. Yeah, yes, it is. I, and okay. I do, I do understand. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? But now let's let's spread that out a little bit more. Connecticut's got a sound. But and see, then, Connecticut is a byproduct in some respects of Brooklyn, New York. Oh no, here we go. Here we go. I, I'm gonna see it in the comments. Everything came from Brooklyn. <laughs> there's, I, and there, there's, I can't there's agree. J.C. White. Yeah. <laughs> Before J.C. White was the bishop of what I remember to Turner Faith Temple. It's another name now. Mm-hmm. Before he was the bishop of Turner Faith Temple, mm-hmm. he was a keyboard player slash choir director at drum roll, please. Institutional Church of God in Christ. Okay. So everything that stems out of J.C. White's church mm-hmm. is a byproduct of what happened in Brooklyn. Not to mention his uncle, Bishop Carl E. Williams Sr., is his uncle. Hey, I, 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 I can't even go toe-to-toe Oh, or, or, or I can't go lockstep with you because I don't. My history ain't that deep. Okay, like and I then watch this like that. So watch this. So JJ Heston, mm-hmm. in his formative years, like with that guy's control, with, with that guy's awesome guy record, the one that song mm-hmm. Sean Brown wrote. Mm-hmm. That record, in some respect, is a byproduct of Brooklyn. All right, so JJ Heston let, let comes me, from. Hold on. Let, let me ask a question. Let me let me let me let me pose this as a question. Go ahead. If somebody touches Brooklyn, does that mean everything else that comes out of them is Brooklyn? I'm not saying it's Brooklyn, but it is definitely influenced by Brooklyn. And that's the point I'm making. You said Connecticut has a sound. Yes, but the sound is influenced in some respect by Brooklyn. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't agree with you there. We can agree to disagree. That's fine. Because I, I played in Brooklyn for a long time. Yeah, you did. Am I Brooklyn? Because I'm I'm 100% Queens. But I, I got you. And, and I was reminded right. of that but when I played in Brooklyn. I said. For, this go this ahead. I said what I said. Go ahead. Yeah, Connecticut has its own sound. It's much more jazzy and much more harmonically colorful. Uh-huh. No question about it. Right. But at is Foundation, there is some residue of Brooklyn that's sitting in there. Dude, there's residue of everything. We talked about that in the middle of this. Because yeah. you grab from here, you grab from there, you grab from here. Yeah. And then you have a sound 
of your communication with God. Absolutely. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is this. When yeah. I hear Connecticut, I hear New York. Okay. Not entirely, mm-hmm. but in some small respect. Because you're from New York. You're going to hear New York. You can, you can identify New York in, as soon as you hear New York, you go, yo, that's New York. So you could be in Canada. Hold on, let me correct you. I hear New York. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. You'll hear New York. Uh-huh. You'll hear New York City. Uh-huh. You'll hear Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and on that, I think we're gonna we're gonna end it. We're gonna bring this, we're gonna bring this plane to a landing. We're gonna end this. <laughs> we're gonna end this podcast. We because we can sit here all day. Um <laughs> I the, Johnny, I really, I really thank you. You brought up some some points that I didn't even. Well, that's the that's the reason why I do the podcast the way I do it. I leave open ended questions so we can go wherever, and I really leave it up to God to take us where He wants us to go. And I really believe we hit on some some very important topics, uh, from the mental health to the having your own sound to the not copying people. I really thank you for your perspective, for your wisdom perspective. Yeah, I said that right. Your wisdom, all, all of that, man, your talent, your gift, your your testimony, all of it, man. I really appreciate you, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. You got it. Uh, ain't you going to ask that last question? Uh-oh. Oh, oh, oh. I got it. I got it. Any final words of advice for singers, musicians, and or ministry leaders? This is the one thing I planned up to this point. Nothing was planned. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. Here's the one thing I do plan to say to all of you. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, thank you for your offering of service unto our Lord and Savior. You know, I pray that, you know, you will make it your earnest desire to give him your best. But in matriculating through life and in going through the hustling and bustling of everyday life, the one thing that I would say is to never stop researching mm-hmm. never stop studying make it up make it uh what's what i'm looking for i can't find a word right now but you have to make research and studying second nature mm-hmm. and ain't even nothing you don't think about everything that i've said to you or that I've shared is because of the research that I am doing, the research I've done for the past 26 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So make it a point to study. Study what's going on in your city. Study what's going on beyond your city. But don't forget where you come from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I, you know, yeah, don't forget where you come from, you know, like, yeah, don't forget where you come from, but yeah, make it a point that you never stop researching, you never stop studying, okay, uh, and I'm gonna make it home like this, okay, so when I was teaching in the public school for the brief, brief period, they had this thing called professional development, where the teachers after school hours will meet in a room and a certified professional on a particular subject matter will come in and present a workshop on a various topic, whether it be mental health, budgeting, lesson planning, etc. 
So even in your matriculation of what you do, you yourself should find and or create opportunities for professional development. Mm -hmm. Okay, two of my friends, Roger Jean, Jerome Williams. I don't put, I don't let the cat out the bag. Whoops. <laughs> Those are two of my friends. Two of my dearest friends. And there are others, let's be clear. Mm -hmm. But I make it a point in time at some point as relates to church playing. I'll get around them, I'll play what I play, and ask them for their feedback. Because any good I do wouldn't be possible if I weren't standing on the shoulders that I'm standing on. Oh yeah, and sorry, but let me go back to the beginning. So earlier I talked about Joe Ferdinand and um, Ronald Pierre being, you know, two guys, one Adventist, one Pentecostal. I also need to shout out, you know, Asel Jean-Pierre and his brother, Wilmir Jean-Pierre. Yes, yes. Because those two were instrumental in, matter of fact, Asel and Wilmir, when I first saw them play, I saw the love they had for it come out. Yeah, yeah. And that love that they had coming out was what, inspired me to touch the keys before I made the formal decision to my mom that I was going to do it. Yeah. And thank God for that too. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, uh, I, again, I'm going all around the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, um, so I go to Roger and Jerome and I'll play what I play and I'll tell them, this is what I'm dealing with today. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And because I respect their skills, among others, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I value what they have to say. Mm -hmm. Because in case you didn't know, the reason why I play the Hammond organ today is Roger Jean, period. Mm. After I saw Roger Jean play an organ, I said, I'm going to play an organ. And that's another story for another day. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerome was that guy I just love to hear. Like when Celeste Washington and the conference choir put out, you know, that record that they did. And there's that song, Sacrifice. That first, like, three minutes where her and Jerome going at it. Listen, that thing changed my life forever. In fact, that is part of the reason why, you know, today I play with both feet and I use the entire pedal board. Now, that's one thing I have to commend the young folk, the young, younger ones on. Mm -hmm. The older musicians, minus Jerome, minus Roger, didn't make use of the entire pedal board. Mm -hmm. The young boys today, Glenn, I mean, yeah, Quinnell does it as well, but um, like the younger guys today, like I see Glenn do it, I see Devon Screen do it, I've seen, what's his name, Copeland do it, mm -hmm. you know, Sean Copeland, you know, they, I mean, and, and even Stephen Hall, you know, I've seen those guys, the young guys. Yes. They make use of the entire pedal board. And matter of fact, Cito Crandall, Darnell's son, Cito? Yes, yes, yeah. He was the one that first told me back in like 2004. He goes, bro, like, you ain't played no organ until you've tapped into the higher parts of the pedals. Mm -hmm. And 
He said it. I made nothing of it. Mm -hmm. But when I got to my PD with Jerome mm. and saw his footwork, I said, you know what, man? I may need to play a little higher because this is one of the elements that mm -hmm. comes out of your sound mm -hmm. when you play at the higher registers of the Hammond organ with the 16 pedal out. It's insane. <laughs> but all that to say, there are certain things or quote unquote revelations that I would have not have encountered had it not been for those professional developing moments I had with Roger, mm -hmm. I had with Jerome. And yeah, I had one with, I had a few with Stanley mm -hmm. Brown. Uh, I had a few with the late Benjamin Love. Sure, I miss him so much, dear Lord Jesus. Ooh, that nigga was one playing fool. Jeez, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to end the show, but I'm just talking my brains out. Y'all pray for me. Ooh, that somebody's, somebody's gonna watch this till the end. Somebody. <laughs> this is for somebody. <laughs> that Benjamin Love was special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Negro yeah. was special. Not to say that Roger Stanley or Jim wasn't special. They are special. Fact, anyone that plays is special in God's own eyes. <laughs> but um, you know. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. study, research, and find ways to create some sort of a professional development. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. You know, drummers have sheds. Mm -hmm. That's professional development. But my issue is you got 45 voices speaking for two minutes. But I mean, to, to your point, professional development does not end with your instrument. It's finances. Yeah. Mental health. Yeah. It's, it's reading yeah. more books on yeah. encouragement. On, yeah. It's 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 everything. Your instrument is included. Yes, yes, personal yes. Personal development is is exercise. Yes, you know, and I got to exercise myself. Pray for me, Jesus, Lord. <laughs> Knowing what to eat. Thank God for six pounds I lost. Amen. Amen. Oh. Amen. Yes, but well, um, on the personal, man, you are you absolutely we, right. Yeah. development is the totality of your life. Yes. Yes. And. You know what? And that's, you know, you know what? And that's the biggest mistake a lot of musicians make. Mm -hmm. They focus on developing one aspect of their lives mm -hmm. and don't develop the other aspects. Right. Because you'd be a remarkable musician, but socially you're a little aloof. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No. All right, look, we got to land this plane. We got to do it. We got to do it. We got we to bring it to a close. We, okay. we can still talk offline, but because, yeah. Um... Yeah, study. I appreciate you, man. Study. Yeah. Research. Professional development, man. Yeah. Very yeah, paramount do. if you are going to have any kind of success in this thing called music. Quote yeah. unquote. One hundred percent, man. Again, I thank you. I thank you, everyone that that's that's that tuned in. If you made it to this to to this point, yeah, you got something else. You got something else. First Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved, a workman that would need not be ashamed. Amen. 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 Good verse to leave that on. Um, I thank you, everyone, for watching. If this has blessed you, remember to subscribe, like, share it with a friend. Um, what I'm going to do on this particular, man, it's, a, it's already long, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
on this particular episode, I got a Words for Life track that I want to play from Pastor James Doggett. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a track that I played. Um, I cut up one of his sermons, produced some music under it. It's talking about musicians and 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 what we do he came from a real good perspective i'm gonna put that at the end i just think it's i think it's appropriate especially for this episode um but our prayer is that god use something from this episode to speak to you directly we'll see you next week and with that we're out god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I've always been fascinated by worship from my earliest years. In worship experiences, I've seen some strange things happen and some unexplainable things take place. I've seen individuals come into a worship experience one way and leave another. I've seen people lose a sense of themselves and somehow be caught up into another dimension. I've watched people experience anything that you would have to call supernatural because there really is no other explanation for it. I've seen stuff happen in worship, even in my own life, that did not happen outside of the precincts of worship. And worship has always fascinated me. There have been opportunities to worship where I have left not quite certain what the element was that caught me, but I knew I had been in the very presence of God and had been changed in that setting. Sometimes I could not remember everything the preacher said, and there was not a musical selection that necessarily shook my world. But when I got out of that setting, I left with something I didn't come in with. I wasn't sure exactly where it happened or when it happened. I just knew it happened. And I decided that I was going to study this thing called worship. Let me throw a few things out here first so that we understand what we're talking about. When I talk about worship, I'm not talking about the worship service. I'm talking about worship because people come to the service and don't worship. You haven't worshiped because you've been in a place where worship was happening. You only worship when you worship. Now, let me, let me explain that. It's not worship when I come, listen to the choir, hear the preacher, and leave and do nothing. I haven't worshiped. I may have watched worship, but I haven't worshiped. Let's start with an understanding that worship is a verb. Scripturally speaking, it's primarily a verb. Old Testament, shaka, New Testament, proskuneo. The word simply means to bow down, to blow kisses to, to declare that one is worthy, that one is better than me. Worship is not about me. Worship is declaring the worthiness of one who is better than me. Worship is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the choir. It's not about the preacher. These are all windows that give to us a greater understanding of who God is. If the song does not lead me to God, it's a bad song. If the preaching doesn't lead me to God, it's a bad sermon. I might leave saying he's a good preacher and that was a great singer. But if I'm not saying he's a good God and he's a great God, I have missed the point. Worship is not about an event where people perform. It is about a God who is good, and we've come to declare what we think about this good God. Thank God for the musicians. Thank God for the preacher, because it opens up windows of understanding and reminds me of why I'm so glad he's my God. The preacher talks about this great God. The singers sing about this great God. I'm ushered into the presence of this great God, and I declare he's a great God. Worship is not me declaring that my situation is good. 
Worship is not me declaring that I got what I wanted. Worship is declaring that although things are bad, God is still good. God is still on the throne. God has still made me a promise. You might not see it. I might not feel it, but it's real. When emotions are the objective, that's a problem. Let me put it another way. When emotions are the product we're seeking, that's a problem. Emotions are a byproduct of a good worship experience. If all you're looking to do is get your cry on, there'll be plenty of reasons to cry. Do you not know sometimes the medium can be so overpowering that we have an emotional experience and God's not in it? Somehow we have come to the point where we think that we're supposed to come to worship because we're going to get excited by what they're going to do to get me going. And so we were down, we, we want to let music just get us up. And the problem with that is that when I look scripturally speaking, the one fella who I saw who lived life that way was Saul. Depressed. Just messed up. Just messed up. He needed Jesus. Not a song. But every time he get depressed and, and get grouchy, he's calling for David. Come play me happy, David. David would come in and play him happy and it was all good. But as soon as the music would stop, you'd see him taking a spear, throwing it at David as he was gathering up his instrument to leave. He was just as crazy when the song ended as before it started. And the only time he was all right was when the song was going. You know anybody like that? There are those who just go from concert to concert. Their whole religious life is nothing but music. Why? Because music stirs up my emotions and I feel so close to God. I get the feeling like everything's going to be okay. But the truth is, everything's not okay. For you, music has become a narcotic that just masks the true reality of your situation. And you feel like you're close to God when you're far from Him. The music has made you feel something that's not even real. I would suggest that if the right kind of love song was playing, you'd have a loving feeling if there was nobody around but you and your hound dog because music can make you feel stuff you feel the presence of God now you feel an emotion emotion should come when I worship and focus on who God is when I declare that he's still good he's omniscient he's omnipresent his truth is everlasting he's good he's eternal he's faithful when I talk about who God is it gets me excited it's all right when I get excited like that but when I have no relationship with this good God, I just have a relationship with music, then I feel what's not real. And I'm in peril in a big way. Question, do you have a relationship so that when you sing, you sing because you're happy. You sing because you're free. Because of a relationship with God, it gives me now an expression by which I can say what I'm thinking. I can express what I'm feeling. And it's not void of rationality it's because I know and although things aren't going well although it looks like I'm going down for the count I know who he is and I celebrate who he is and I'm excited about it 